I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. Hi! This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. Did you almost forget? No, I didn't forget, but I feel like we had to bring something a little extra special. Because hi! Because hi! Because we haven't... It's um, been a minute, you guys. Yeah, we haven't recorded in a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a little over a month, I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't even know. It feels like forever. I was telling Keegan how it felt like summer vacation, like... The first week or so that I didn't have to do any homework was weird. Like, I felt like I was forgetting something the whole week. Like, yeah. oh, I should be doing something. And then I just got super lazy because I was like, hey, hey, I don't have oh, any yeah. other work to do. And then getting back into the swing of things this week, I just kept pushing it aside. I'm like, I'll oh do my it God, later. I'll me do it later. too. I kept being like, oh, I don't want to like sit down and research. But actually, once I did, you get back into I it. I was like, woohoo. Like, I felt like good, especially yeah. since I haven't been working, like, going into an office and working, and actually the last two weeks I haven't been working at all, unless you count making approximately a bazillion cookies working. I mean, it is work, you're just not getting paid for it. It is work, yes. So, so I was actually kind of down to sit down and, and research. And so, we are going to give you kind of a end of the year, what's in the news, what's going on right now, because we haven't brought anything to you for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And And that's um, the other thing is, like, I was aware of the news, and I knew what was going on, but I didn't really, like, I kind of gave my brain a bit of a break from all the details. That is smart. I didn't do that. I probably (laughs) should have. If it was something that I was, like, really, like, following up on, I did, but there was a lot of things where I was like, you know, I'm just gonna give it. Let it go. Let it go. But, yeah. Yeah, so this episode might be a little bit longer than 
usual. I don't think they're going to mind. I don't think so. They've been deprived for so long. Exactly. I did get a number of um, strongly worded text messages about our absence, so we're back. You know what, you guys? We were just saying, you're spoiled. We've spoiled you. It's our fault. We gave you two episodes a week for two full years with yeah. no breaks. Yeah. It's our fault. We're we bad were parents. We were tired, okay? We're bad parents. We gave you too many toys, and now when we took the toys away, you got really, really mad. <laughs> so, we are going to release this episode, and then on Monday, we will be releasing a um, War on Christmas episode where we yes, talk we about that whole situation. Uh, so yeah, I know we said we were coming back in January, but here's our holiday gift to you. We're back a little early. Merry Christmas slash Happy Holidays slash Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of the above. Et cetera. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so let's jump right in with news that happened during our break, yes. shall we? So in... Election news, 2020 election news, Kamala Harris exited the race yes. on December 3rd, which came as a bit of a shock to me. I didn't it, it did expect... to me as well. Like, she's out of the race before, like, Tulsi Gabbard. Like, to me, that was so strange. Yeah. She seemed like not a front row runner. Like, she wasn't doing great in the polls. But, but one she was of, one that people were talking about. Yeah, one yeah. of the more recognizable names totally. and faces, for sure. So, you know, hearing about her dropping out was... Um, surprising to me. It, yeah, same. It was very abrupt. So, um, this is from the New York Times. The decision came after weeks of upheaval among Miss Harris's staff, including layoffs in New Hampshire and at her headquarters in Baltimore, and disarray among her allies. She told supporters in an email on Tuesday, so back in December, Tuesday's beginning way of, back when. beginning of December, um, that she lacked the money needed to fully finance a competitive campa- campaign. My campaign for president simply doesn't have the financial resources we need to continue. Miss Harris wrote. Uh, but I want to be clear with you, I am still very much in this fight. So she was saying that in order for her to remain a presidential candidate, she would have had to have raised $5 million in two weeks. And it just wasn't possible. And Easy. I loved her email because she said how it just wasn't possible and she's not going to bullshit you. She's like, I'm yeah. not going to bullshit you. This isn't possible. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. That's amazing that these other candidates that aren't as, like, prominent, it's amazing that they're still in the race then. Yeah. finances are such a big mm-hmm. problem. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, and it's kind of the same thing that took Beto down, albeit, not that I expected it more from Beto, but Beto was more of a fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants candidate yeah. and yeah. seemed to be less organized in general. Yeah, Harris so, seemed pretty on top of things. I didn't know of the financial issues and the things going on, so it was a bit of a a what-the-what moment for me. But, I mean, hey... Good for her for at least being up front, you know? Yeah, and some people are saying, some people are speculating that this is a strategic move. I do believe she didn't have the finances to continue, but also she's a pretty popular pick for VP. Um, oh. So depending on who gets the nomination, she could be a potential running mate, that's, which isn't a bad move. That's a great move on yeah. her part. I haven't heard that. Especially if you didn't have the finances to continue. Yeah. So she was obviously the most prominent woman of color in the race. Uh And so we've just seen the race get wider Wider. and wider. (laughs) And so, with that said, enter Michael fucking Bloomberg. (laughs) Because we needed another old white 
centrist. Always. To enter the race. Um, Not to mention a fucking billionaire. And a lot of the speculation around why Michael Bloomberg entered the race is because um, there were a lot of, there's a lot of billionaires getting real scared about the possibility of Bernie or Warren getting the It's going to be the battle of the billionaires, is what I think it's going to be. It's like, he's thinking that if he makes it to go up against Trump, that maybe that would be a level playing field? Well, because there's been a lot of really rich people, even Bill Gates, who everybody thinks is like, he's the nice billionaire, Uh he's the, like, philanthropic billionaire. Um, And even though that may be true in some regards... I don't, I just truly believe there's no ethical way to become a billionaire. Like, you know, there's just, I find it very hard to believe. So he even stated recently that if it came down between Warren and Trump, he wouldn't know what to do because all these billionaires don't want to be taxed. But you know what? That's such bullshit. It's such bullshit because they have an ungodly amount of money. Exactly. Like, oh, boo-hoo, you're getting taxed. Like, Michael Bloomberg is worth, like, 50-something billion dollars, nope. and we can't even comprehend, like, the amount of money that is. That is... I wouldn't know what to do with that kind of money. Uh, nobody does. It's impossible. I'd be, like, rocking back and forth, like, okay, what do I do? What it, do it's I do? impossible <laughs> to spend that kind of money. Yeah. It's like... You could solve world hunger. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and so, what it, and like, and that's just the thing is, it's like, yes, taxes to the person is annoying, but when you look at what good it does, and that you don't need it, like you to be a millionaire, you have to like money to such a degree that it's not normal. Because even if you're like Bill Gates, like even if you were taxed. How in any real way does that affect your life? It's not going to, but it's going to benefit other people's lives. Absolutely. To Massively. me, that's incredibly hypocritical. Yeah, it's it, it's strange to me uh, as well. So, I mean, I guess it's not that strange. These people, this is how they accrue this It's how it's always wealth. been, yeah. yeah but it, it is still very frustrating that they're so greedy and they don't think of the ways that that money could then benefit the people who maybe don't have, Mm -hmm. you know, health coverage. Right. Things like that. You know, like you're helping other people by paying your taxes. Right. And, um, you know, Michael Bloomberg is the eighth richest American. (laughs) So uh, with a a net worth of $54.4 billion. What does he do? How did he get his money? I'm not exactly sure how he accrued that much wealth because he was the mayor of New York from 2001 to 2013. So it doesn't pay that kind of money. So he must have already been a billionaire before he became the mayor of New New York. Interesting. Um, he also is very famous and has had to, he's been called to task several times um, about being the mayor who implemented the stop and frisk program oh. in New York. Oh. Uh, which and he's running as a Democrat. Yes, I mean he is a Democrat. He's a very centrist Democrat. Is he? I'm just kidding. I mean, he is in the same way that Biden is. It's just like we are just flooding the market. Now we've got three centrists. We've got Biden, Bloomberg, and Buttigieg, the three Bs, um, who are are centrist candidates now. And they're... You see, actually, a lot of like mainstream media and corporations are very much pushing these candidates yeah, they because are. it freaks everybody out that we could have basically democratic socialist nominees and like what that would mean. Like, they've basically, even though Bernie is doing very well in polls, he's 
do you ever hear about him ever? Yeah. Like the media doesn't talk about how well no. he's doing at all. And then Buttigieg had that whole like high hopes dancing. Did you oh, see that? It's everything so bad. he does is so awkward. And I really liked him too. And he's just getting. Uh, it's he's it, going it just all of it feels yeah. for me. Buttigieg feels very disingenuous, and I think that was an issue that I had with him from the beginning. Yeah. Um. Now, I mean, put him up against. Biden or Bloomberg, I'm going to pick Buttigieg. Of course, but I would yeah. rather not pick any of them. <laughs> I would like Warren or Sanders. I would too, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So we could have an entire um, <laughs> mini episode on Stop and Frisk. And, you know, if, if for some ungodly reason Bloomberg becomes the candidate, I think we should devote a, yeah. a mini episode to Stop and Frisk, why it was so damaging. Um, and, you know, just to indicate that he is not a good pick. Exactly. Uh, for for president. But we don't need to go into all that right now. If you don't know what the Stop and Frisk program was, please go look it up. It Google dis- that shit. It disproportionately affected uh, black and brown communities. They were basically held hostage by police yeah. in, their, in New York City. But, you know, other cities as well. I know that it was implemented also in Chicago and places like that. Yeah. So. Then there was the Hallmark commercial drama. I don't know this. I don't I'm know. amazed. But this also... Okay, but I keep off Facebook. And yes. I feel like you see so much on Facebook, and I don't yes. interact on Facebook I, I was going to say, it's probably because, like, I, again, <laughs> haven't been going into a job. So I have spent <laughs> way too much time on Facebook. Actually, I need to pull myself off, because... That would g- bring me to a mental breakdown if I spent that much time on Facebook. Well, I had really gotten into a place mentally where I didn't, like combat racists on Facebook, and now I'm like, well, I got nothing better to do, so... (laughs) Might as well combat all the racists on Facebook. I've just been fighting with people in Facebook comments, and I'm like, Keegan, you're better than this. You need to stop. (laughs) Stop. Stop doing this. We need to fight them on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a commercial that aired on Hallmark. It was a Zola commercial, which is a wedding planning website. So it's kind of like the not, you can do your registry there, you can make your website there, um, etc. And they, in this commercial, the Zola commercial, it showed two women getting married. So they had... I have heard Yeah, they had a bunch of commercials air, Zola commercials. They were all essentially the same concept. But with different couples. With different couples getting married. And they had one where it was two women getting married. And it aired during Hallmark's, you know, Christmas movie, holiday movie marathon. White person central. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong kind of love Hallmark movies, but... I've never really seen them. My mom is obsessed. They're truly terrible. Like, they're (laughs) very bad and highly predictable, but if you just want to be wrapped up in a warm, predictable blanket, then it's... It's not a bad choice. Nothing like a warm, predictable blanket for the holidays, everybody. Yeah, exactly. You want to know exactly what happens. Yep. Um, But... So it aired during that. So, yes, a lot of middle-aged white lady viewers. And the group One Million Moms... (laughs) Reared its ugly head again. Oh, dear. And they have... I mean, I think they came after JCPenney when JCPenney made Ellen a spokesperson. They are very anti-gay. And they yeah. they kind of um, tout themselves as being like a, just a conservative yeah. group that's here to protect your kids. Yes. And they're called... Because they're moms. And they're called One Million Moms, but they're nowhere near a million members. <laughs> and not all of them are moms. So uh, there's that. It's like maybe it's just like a motherhood, like protection. It's it's to protect our families. And we gotta basically. protect our families from I apologize the, to all our Southern listeners. The two women getting married on my TV screen. Yes, because it's and look, I spent 
a good amount of time, more than I'd like to admit, admit on their Facebook page and their website. Because I was just, like, looking at, you know, what they do. Yeah. And it is horrifying. Y- yeah. So they petitioned to have this commercial removed. Yes. Because... If our kids aren't safe on the Hallmark Channel, where else where, are they safe? Where are they safe, Where Keegan? are they safe from the gay agenda? Yeah, there's gay people on Disney Channel now. It's, where can my kids it's go? It's just so funny that they call it an agenda when I'm just like, it's just people existing? Yeah, like, no, no. Didn't you know, Keegan, they all get together. They, they have, have secret meetings. meetings. Yeah, there's like, it's all, it's very Illuminati. It's a whole thing. It's just so strange. They're like, you're shoving your lifestyle down our throats. And it's just like, by acknowledging that people exist yeah. like they're a thing that exists in the world well like, you're shoving heteronormativity down our throats too so what are you gonna that. do yeah um so they were truly enraged and they uh created a petition to have this ad removed and hallmark caved hallmark removed the ad because that and i'm gonna talk about this in the war on christmas ad or um ad, episode episode these big companies tend to fold because that might be their target audience for mm-hmm. financial reasons. It's smarter. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have the, um, the 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 chaos surrounding their company, the bad mouthing, things like that. Right, and I think that that's why because they removed it um, for being quote controversial and distracting, uh, which it's not controversial. I can see their distraction argument because they're like, whoa, whoa, let's yeah. focus on our wonderful movies. Because you know they're not making money with Hallmark cards anymore. Like, this is how they make probably the bulk of their revenue for right. the entire year. Um, but it prompted all of Sane America and LGBT groups, including Glad, to voice their displeasure. And Good. then Zola, who had all those other ads running on their network, pulled all of their ads. Wow. They pulled all of their advertisement money. They were like, Good if you're not going to let us use this commercial, then you don't get any of our advertising money. Exactly. Or any of our commercials. Like, and- we made the choice to have this be part of our advertising to be inclusive, mm-hmm. and now you're making it exclusive. That's mm-hmm. not their fault. That's the Hallmark Channel's fault. Right. And, and you know, <laughs> when things are such a mess, which we will talk about when we talk about the impeachment um, proceedings, when things are such a mess and things are so divisive, I do think that is a ray of sunshine that, yes, there was this group of horrifying, angry, loud, um, hateful, conservative people who were trying to get this commercial pulled, but we were louder. Yeah. And to such a degree that Hallmark decided to reverse its decision, and um, they did it fairly quickly, to, to their credit. I mean, if we want to give them any credit. They did it fairly quickly, and they decided to allow the ad to continue running. Again, money. I mean, again, money. Yeah, we can talk about it being, like, some kind of altruistic, like, move, but it's really about money at the end of the day. We're yeah. a capitalist society. Exactly. But it has been fun to watch the One Million Moms completely dissolve <laughs> because they... They thought they won. They thought they won. And, and then they, it was like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, they were bragging about having one, and then all of a sudden it was just like, actually... <laughs> Take it back. Actually, there's more of us than there are of you. And yeah. it can be really hard to remember that. Um, uh, yeah. 
just watching the proceedings yesterday yeah. was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, which we will talk about in a moment. I wanted to just mention, yes, one, mention one more thing. One more thing before we get into impeachment yes. discussion. Greta Thunberg yeah. is the time person of the year. I love it so very much. Yeah. I love her clapbacks. I love that uh, Donald Trump said she had an anger problem. And Don- so, in all caps. In all caps. And she says, you know, in her Twitter bio now, is like, you know, recovering from anger management or anger problems or yeah, something like you that. Know, it's so funny. She's handled the situation with so much grace. Yeah. Um, it's really something to be applauded, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean, she... And the thing that amazes me so much about her is, you know, having worked with kids that have autism and having her describe it as being a superpower and seeing how that has really um, made her go as far as she has. She has this very no bullshit point of view. She doesn't care if you don't agree with her. And she doesn't care if you like her. No, she's just very like, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. And this is like... Autistic people tend to be very focused on one specific thing, and they excel at it to no other. And the fact that she was able to do this on such a grand scale Mm -hmm. and still not give a fuck about what people have to say Mm -hmm. about her is, like, most grown-ups can't do that. Oh, all I cared about when I was 16 was what people thought of me. Exactly! (laughs) All I cared about was that. So um, I'm really glad that she is getting the recognition that she deserves. I I did read Time's article um, about her. And, you know, looked at the magazine cover, and I couldn't help but think that someone like Greta probably doesn't like all this pomp and circumstance. Like, it's very, like, she's, you know, it's beautifully shot, and she's standing on a cliff in the ocean, and the waves are breaking behind her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know that she don't give a shit about this at all. Um, She'd be like, here's my school photo. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. could you just use that? Uh, But I wanted to give her a shout-out, because when we first started this show, we talked about the... The time. time I was just thinking that when you mentioned it, I was like, oh my gosh, we've gone Mm -hmm. full circle. And did you hear that Trump said that he turned down, that time offered him the person and of the year? He turned it down. <laughs> sure. So I'm like, God, you're so fucking sure, fragile. Sure like, done. It's so sure, embarrassing. Sure yeah, he's an embarrassing human. <sighs> okay, let's talk impeachment proceedings. Yes, let's do it. So I did not think I'd be able to watch it. <clears throat> and I was at work yesterday. And I turned on the TV while I was uh, baking banana bread, as I do whenever there's old bananas in the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was on every channel, and I was like, fuck mm-hmm. yeah. And I watched it, and like it must have been the, the time that I watched it where it was literally just like white man after white man after white man practically sucking Donald Trump's dick. Oh, oh yeah. And I, I was just like, there was a few thrown in there that were good, and it was so funny because I told T, the kid I take care of, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going on. And he was like... Every couple minutes, like, are we winning? Are, are we, we winning? winning? And oh, I'm sweetheart. like, <laughs> I mean, okay. So I I did listen to it, most of it on NPR. Maybe not most of it because it went on all day. It did, uh, but I listened to a few hours of it for sure. Did you hear the guy who was like, "I'm here to uh, give all the evidence for all of the um, laws that Donald Trump broke," and he had like 30 seconds to speak. So he says that, and then he just stops talking. Like, he's making some <laughs> bold statement. Okay. And he's silent for, like, 20 seconds. I was like, okay, buddy. I, I didn't hear that, but I did hear the guy who gave a moment of silence for, like, our democracy. It was so stupid. He's like, we need a moment of silence. And then he closed everything out by saying an actual prayer, which I... There were several 
Republicans who talked about Jesus uh, or said prayers. And all I could think was, like, if a Muslim was quoting the Quran right now, yeah. what would happen? On the floor of the house. Yeah. Like, th- it would be insane. It would be absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so let's break this down since we've been gone for a while. Let's do so, it. So, um, yesterday, our time, because we're recording on Thursday, but for you guys it will be Wednesday. So last Wednesday, uh, the House did vote to impeach Donald Trump. Yes. So... What does that mean? <laughs> that means... So, that just means that the House has chosen to impeach him. And I think that people's belief, and my belief growing up, is that when you're impeached, you're not president You're anymore. removed from office. Right. Yeah, exactly. But that's not the case, because it still has to go through the Senate, and the Senate right now is, like, Republican as fuck. Right. So, this was rather predictable, in my opinion. Like, even though I listened to... Uh, to be honest, the reason why I didn't listen to all of the impeachment proceedings was because I, I knew how it was going to go. Right. Like, this is the most partisan... I think, that we have ever been as a country. And it's interesting that the Republicans brought that up so much, and they were blaming the Democrats for making everything so separate, for making it such a partisan issue. It's not the Democrats' fault. It's your fault for for choosing your party, for choosing the Republican Party and this president over over the American people and the the Constitution. Um, So... It's incredibly partisan. So I knew the House controls, or, or Democrats control the House. Right. And the House gets the first go at impeaching the president. Yes. So when the president is impeached, after that, it has to go to the Senate. Yes. And then the Senate votes whether or not to remove him from office. And this was, I read something interesting this morning. This was on the Washington Post. It says, the Constitution only says that the Senate has to hold a trial with the senators sitting as jurors, House lawmakers serving as prosecutors known as managers, and the Chief Justice of the United States presiding over it. Senators must take a public vote, and two-thirds of those present must agree on whether to convict the president and thus remove him from office, but the Constitution doesn't lay out exactly how to hold the trial. So, they're, because this isn't something that happens all the time, so they really are probably going to be looking mostly at, like, the Bill Clinton impeachment and kind of going off of what that trial looked like, but there really is no... From my understanding from this Washington Post article, there is no real um, guidelines for what the trial is supposed to look like. Well, and the Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, old Mitch, um, he he has already said that this isn't even going to be... He's said that, essentially. Like, this isn't yeah. going to be a real trial. He has already said that he views, views the House's case as weak and would prefer to have a swift trial in January. Yeah. And that he is not going to call any fact witnesses. Yeah, well, but Nancy Pelosi is trying right now to kind of extend that. That same article said, even though the Senate trials trial is in the Republican hands, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is trying to leverage what happens. She's considering withholding the articles of impeachment from going over mm-hmm. to the Senate immediately, which which could delay the Senate trial Trump so badly wants to clear his name, and perhaps put pressure on Republicans to consider inviting witnesses who could be damaging mm-hmm. to Trump. So yeah. it's also going to make Trump very nervous. It's going to make Trump um, start reacting in a certain way that we know that he does. So I think it's kind of interesting the kind of behind-the-scenes games that the Republicans are trying to play and the Democrats are trying mm-hmm. to play. I mean, you know Nancy Pelosi. She had this shit planned out from the beginning, so... She was interesting yesterday when the Democrats, like, applauded the impeachment. She, like, cut them off. She was like, 
she's like, I want this to be civil. There should be no, like, well, celebrating either way. And I believe she even started the impeachment yesterday by saying that this is a sad day. It's exactly. not a thing that, like, we wanted to have to happen, but, yeah. like, the president f- forced our hand. Exactly. Um, and so, because I don't think we really got, there was so much going on whenever we were doing these episodes before that I don't think we really got into the weeds about what led to this impeachment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's um, talk a little bit about that. So this all kind of started and was centered around a half-hour phone call that happened in July. Yeah, and I think on we it, did cover it a bit. We, we talked about it a little bit, I think. But on it, President Trump pressured Ukraine's president to announce investigations into former Vice President Biden yeah. and several other Democrats. And but, his son, too. And his son, Hunter. And basically said, like, if you don't give us dirt on Biden and his son that I can use against him in the upcoming 2020 campaign because he clearly sees Biden as his biggest threat, then I will withhold military aid to your country meant to protect your country. Yeah. So it's it was blackmail, essentially. Total blackmail. Um or what they kept saying was like tit for tat, quid pro quo. Like you do this for me, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. There was no quid pro quo. (sighs) So Congress learned about the call after an anonymous CIA official lodged a whistleblower campaign. Whistleblower. Yeah, blow the whistle. In August. So Congress then sought to investigate this, and the president ordered his administration to defy its every request, which that was one of the articles of impeachment, Yeah, uh, was that he basically obstructed Congress yeah. from being able to actually have an investigation because he told the White House not to cooperate, Yeah, which... Are those the actions of an innocent person? No, they are not. So the House did say during the impeachment uh, proceedings that that was a violation of the separation of powers and a de facto assertion by Mr. Trump that he was above the law. Yeah. So throughout the inquiry, even as Republicans, and this is from the New York Times, even as Republicans raged against the process and sought to offer benign explanations for Mr. Trump's conduct, none disputed the central facts that served as its basis yeah. that he asked Ukraine's president to, quote, do us a favor and investigate Mr. Biden, a prospective rival in the 2020 campaign and other Democrats. So that's important to point out is that when watching these proceedings, yeah. none of them, they would get up and they would shame on you, Democrats, yep. shame on you for dividing our country. This is a sham. This is an insult. This is embarrassing. They did all of that. But yeah. literally none of them actually debated the facts of the case, well, or because said that they he said didn't there, do it. They said there was no evidence, so there was no reason to discuss. But the there facts was of the lots there of evidence. There is, but they're but they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes and say that there is no evidence. There is no, and that's why that guy did that whole um, twenty seconds of silence or whatever because he's trying to make a point to say that there was no quid pro quo. There was nothing. He didn't Which, do anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, I know what they're saying, but literally. None of them brought any explanation yeah. for Trump's actions that I saw, you yeah. know, or that I heard. And um, and honestly, like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to hold the president accountable. That's the thing that bothers me the most is because uh, by us pushing everything under the rug, it's like it, it doesn't do anybody any good. I don't understand their goal here. Because... But- I think they fear if they go against their party that they're going to incur the wrath of his base. I get that, but, like, also, even, like, most Republicans right now, for the most part, I don't think are Trump supporters. Well, I don't know. I Like, that's what I wanted to say is, like, even though with the Hallmark commercial, I'm like, oh, this gives me yeah. hope, you know, that we do outnumber them. They all 
you're right. It was like they just yeah. kind of bowed down to Trump for the entirety of that. And yeah, there were did. no Republican dissenters, yeah. uh, which is scary because there so there scary. were a couple of Democratic um, dissenters on a couple of the counts. So from the abuse of power charge on Wednesday, Representatives Colin C. Peterson of Minnesota, Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey... He's a freshman representative who has announced that he will be switching parties to become a Republican. What? Yeah, so he got to vote as a Democrat, but he has announced that he'll be oh switching parties. Oh, my God. And then Representative Jared Golden of Maine, who is basically a centrist Democrat, they all dissented on the abuse of power charge. Representative Tulsi Gabbard, who is running for fucking president yeah. as a Democrat, um, just voted as president, president. on both articles. Bitch, which is the why? biggest cop out. That's the biggest fuck you. Yeah, That's I, the biggest fuck you. I would and rather you dissent. Gonna, people are gonna call her the fuck out at the I next hope debate. So. Like, that is absolute bullshit. So yeah. That made me so mad. Yeah, I really hope so, because... I would rather you stand on principles and be able to give me a reason why you're dissenting and yeah. dissent yeah. than just not make a decision. Yeah, AOC wrote so, or said something about it that was basically just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, to put it in less eloquent terms than she did, what the fuck? Yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, I wanted to feel more excited about this than I do. I'm not shitting on anyone who is happy or excited. I think... Um, I think that there is a slight victory at hand. I yeah. think that we that we got through this that he has he is going to go down as one of three impeached presidents in yeah. our history. Mm -hmm. I think that that then tarnishes his name, it tarnishes his legacy. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, even if we cannot get him out of office, we are doing the best that we can to make sure that history, history remembers. Yes, yeah. history remembers who this person was. Our kids can grow up, our grandkids can grow up and understand the process and what this awful human being did to our country and, and know that all, we did something about it. And and who all had to publicly come out and support him. Yeah. So, like, I do believe that history will tarnish the legacy of all of these Republicans who just got up there and defended what what the president One dude did. was, like, practically crying, and I was like, okay. Oh, God. He Get was like, your fucking shit together. He's like, we're here today, and then I'm gonna go home to Christmas to my family and blah blah. I'm like, what are you even saying? Yeah, who cares? I don't care about your holiday plans. There was sir. so many just like bumbling idiots too, and people who were like getting really mad and like forgot what they were trying to say, and were like, uh, but uh, uh, and it was just funny. It was just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I'm really worried about because here's the thing, like. Even if Pelosi can somehow finagle something of a fair er trial, there is just no way that a that a Republican controlled Senate is no. going and to And we saw that yesterday. to take him out of office. Like yeah. they just aren't going to do it. Um but what I will say is I am <sighs> concerned more yeah. about what this is going to do to his base. You know... I'm more worried that it's going to rile anger. them up and make them show up to vote. I've spoken to a number of people who are like, you know, I think we have to prepare for him to be president again. I, I agree. I, As much as I don't want that to happen, I am already preparing myself. Um, I don't really know... <sighs> 
I mean, I don't know. I've feels- seen people on Facebook try and argue that there's no way he'll get elected again, which I think is very naive. But we didn't I- think he would get elected in the first place, and, and he did. you know, there is the argument to be made that people were complacent in the 2016 election because the idea of Trump winning the election was so ridiculous to us that a lot of Democrats didn't show up to vote. And I do think that the numbers will be better this time. I hope but so. But it's literally going to have to be, get prepared, you guys, for us to be yelling at you to vote for all of 2020. Because for real? I really think that's what's what it's going to take. I mean, we have the numbers. Yeah. But you have to fucking show up. Show up. Yeah. And, like, don't, as much as I hate the idea of of Biden, or especially Bloomberg, um, being the nominee, we cannot get divisive once it comes to that. Like, the primaries nope. are for this. Like, this is what it's for. Like, stick yeah. with your candidate till the very end of the primaries. But once the primaries are done and we have it's going to be so-and-so versus Trump, we are going to have to collectively decide... <laughs> to vote for so-and-so. To, like, to get together yeah. and, and not... We can't do, as much as I love him, we can't do a Bernie or Bust thing, okay? Yeah. Like, it's just... It's not plausible. So, but, you know, with what just happened in the UK with Boris Johnson, basically the British Trump getting elected prime minister, it could happen here. Yep. Again. It could. It could. (laughs) So. Okay. I got a kind of like silly thing for y'all. So we all know Yankee Candles. They were in every Midwest and Southern household Mm -hmm. all over the They they do smell delicious. They do smell delicious. They're fantastic. Well, moms are fucking pissed because their orders that they have made for Black Friday (laughs) have not come yet. You know, the, the wrath of the Midwest mom. Don't fuck with them, oh my especially God. with their Yankee fucking candles. So they are blowing up the company's social media accounts, and they're calling their customer service lines. They have a hold time of, like, two hours. I mean, who who dropped the ball on this? I don't know. I don't know. And it's funny. So I, I got this, uh, my information from BuzzFeed News, and they called the number, and it basically was like, your wait time is an hour and a half, and then just, like, the call shut off. Like, there's too many people calling. I just feel really bad for whoever is working their customer support, because it is not their fault that this is happening, yeah. and they are probably in the midst of just a crisis right oh, now. yeah. And it's so funny, because even, like... The kids have, like, taken to Twitter. Like, this one kid posted, My mom's been on hold for two-plus hours trying to buy candles, in all caps, (laughs) at Yankee Candle. Can y'all do something, please? I want my mom back. Oh, my God, (laughs) honey. One Missouri mom, Cindy Spurgeon, is known for her vast array of Yankee candles for the holidays. She has shelves set aside for her beloved 12 to 15 candles and ranks them according to seasons. Whoa. The whole season, like, the whole year is set up. That's unnecessary. And she says, I am a huge Christmas person. My kids are adults, and they come home for Christmas and expect to see (laughs) all those familiar smells. She says, see all those familiar smells. Oh, my God. that's what's that's so disappointing. So unnecessary. Isn't that hilarious? To be though? this upset. Look, I totally get it because my kids expect to see this the smells. Is, this is why I don't like shopping online. Is because I am so impatient. Like, yeah, I don't like waiting for things to arrive. Oh yeah, I'm like an instant gratification gal. All a- the way. Absolutely, I would rather drive to the other side of town and, yeah. and leave with something right. in my hand and know you'll have it by the end of the day. Right. So I I understand that impatience, but it's also a thing that's like, guys, 
go to fucking Bath and Body Works. Yes! Get a candle people, that smells like your Yankee candle and he, call it a day. People are just pissed because it's like... People spend so much fucking money on these candles that it's absurd. They are expensive. And I get that. Like, you've spent money, you want them, you expect it to be there. I understand. But it's also like, you can have them returned. Do something else this year. Like, the whole thing about, my kids are expecting this. It's like, your kids don't give a fuck. Christmas is ruined. Yeah, like, your kids don't care. Your kids are like... Will there be alcohol in presents? Yes? Okay, cool. Then that's fine. Yeah, I... People go bananas. Like, when I used to work customer support, I worked customer support for movies, like, digital versions of movies. So, granted, this was back in the day when you had to buy a physical copy to get the digital code. You couldn't just go and, like, buy it, right? Or we were customer support for for that product. So, they had a physical copy already, and we would have people come to our support. I think we did actually have someone come around Christmas and say we ruined Christmas because they couldn't get their, like, digital copy of their movie to work. It is wild. It is wild. People, uh, their standards, Just, Jesus, like, people are dying. (laughs) Kim, people are dying. This is, yeah, Kim, there are people dying. (laughs) This is what we're concerned about. Yeah, it's crazy. So my boyfriend works, he fixes guitars at Guitar Center, and he works with a lot of customers and does a lot of customer service. And he's like, people are the worst around the holidays. They're the worst. They're the worst. Mm -hmm. And like, people will buy a new guitar and expect it to be like a certain way and sometimes you'll buy a guitar but it still needs certain things changed to your likeness and things like that and they'll be like well I don't want to pay for this and he's like well I have to fix it that's my like then you can take the guitar the way it is then exactly how about that or go somewhere else and he's not afraid to say that he's like go go somewhere else and see if they'll do it for free I feel like customers always (laughs) expect things well and they uh, it was very bizarre working in customer support because they do use that threat a lot the customer is always right. And you're just kind of like, look, I'm making, I'm not making that much money here. So if you are going to threaten me with leaving, then go. Like, yeah. I don't know what it you want. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do here. Like, yeah. just go ahead and leave then. Yeah. It's not a threat to me. There yeah. are other places where you can get your movies. You don't scare me. You don't scare me. You don't scare me. Ma'am. Karen. <laughs> Karen. Karen, you don't scare me. I am tougher than this. Oh my god, I haven't done this ending spiel in a while, so we're gonna collect ourselves. <laughs> All right. Zen. Whew. Okay, I got it. If you guys want to send us any, uh, just anything we've missed in this episode or from you guys in the past month or so, go ahead and send us an email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can direct message us there. We have a Twitter that we seldom use at YAMF Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. We have a Facebook group and business page. Go ahead and rate and review us on that business page. We love it so much when you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That makes us so 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 happy uh if you don't already go ahead and listen to us on radio public it's a free way for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit wow once i got it starting i know it's it's muscle memory it came back to mm-hmm. me like i just felt this mm, it was beautiful feels good right <sighs> just i'm back in the closet i'm cozy <laughs> cozy with geeks and it's great oh. all right you guys that's all we have for you today with all of that being said we encourage you to, to rage on. on bye Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.